You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Welcome into a Red Sox edition of MLB.com Extras. Tim McMaster here, joined by Ian Brown, our Red Sox reporter. And, Ian, we're going to get into the Red Sox catching situation as we get ready for spring training, but some other stuff going on as well as we do the podcast this week. Obviously, over the weekend, a lot of Red Sox and a lot of fans were down in Connecticut for the winter weekend, which has become a cool January tradition as fans get excited for the upcoming baseball season. Um, But the news just today as we record this podcast, David Ortiz will have his number retired June 23rd. Number 34 will officially be retired. It's the 11th number that the Boston Red Sox have retired. And it's amazing, uh, Ian, growing up and going to Fenway Park as a kid, I remember there always being... The, there was, the numbers were set out there in right field, and yeah. it always had the feeling that it was something that was just never going to change. You had those set numbers. But in recent years, suddenly the Red Sox are seemingly catching up with the Yankees with 11 retired numbers now. Um, that obviously um, goes along with the success the teams had and, uh, and, and also connecting with, with the good teams of the 80s as well. But David Ortiz, if any player didn't have to wait to have his number retired by the Red Sox, it's David Ortiz. Yeah, you know, it's the next natural thing. Yeah, I think it surprised some people that they're doing it so, so quickly because, you know, the other guys, they, they are always waiting until the players got in the Hall of Fame. And with David Ortiz, they're retiring his number, you know, just one season after he's done playing. So, uh, you know, I think it's, it's fitting, though, because just there's been nobody else like David Ortiz in Red Sox history. Just. Uh, given his magnitude and what he's done for the team, uh, you know, on the field, off the field, in the community, it'll be a, a fun day at Fenway to see his number go up there next to, I'm assuming it'll go right up next to Pedro's. Yeah, and for a team that, that obviously didn't win a World Series title for 86 years, for a guy to retire with three rings is, is kind of amazing, and it shows what he's meant to this franchise, certainly. If I'm correct, for the time from June 23rd until assuming David Ortiz does get into the Hall of Fame in, in either five or six or seven years from now, it'll be just him and Pesky will be the only ones that aren't Hall of Famers, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, everybody else up there has been to the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, you wonder if uh, that might loosen up over the years or if they're going to stick with that Hall of Fame policy. You know, you look at a team like the Yankees, and I know, uh, you know, they've retired quite a few numbers of guys uh yeah, Bernie Williams comes to mind. I think, you know, guys who haven't gone to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, certainly Jorge Posada. Yeah, there, there's guys in the mix, certainly, with the Yankees. The Red Sox have always had that real high standard, which which I think is great. I think that's the way it should be. Um, as far as the weekend goes, um, you got to see some players put on their Red Sox jerseys for the first time. Uh, the new guys, Sale and Thornburg and Moreland, that's pretty cool. Um, other news, uh, Andrew Benintendi. I guess he's bulking up. Is this uh, is this a good thing? I mean, obviously he thinks it's a good thing, but when you see how dynamic a player he is, is is there a thought that that having a little extra weight on him will be a, a benefit? Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, I was two feet away from the guy a few days ago, and it's not like you're like, oh wow, this guy's huge. He's still you know, five so, eight, right? <laughs> yeah, he's still five eight, and uh, you know, he said he's at a lifetime high of 185 pounds. You know, a lot of people wish they had that problem. Um, he said he's been eating all winter, just, just trying to put on some weight and obviously uh, lifting a, a lot, too. And, you know, it helps. They, you know, it'd be good because, you know, it can help them a little bit from a, uh, you know, from a power standpoint. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, a little weight will be good on him and, 
I think that he'll still be, uh, you know, he'll still have some agility and some speed. They just hope it doesn't take that away. That's always the fine line when guys try to put on weight. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, it looks like he's put it on in the right way. Yeah, and I guess uh, that extra weight can help you uh, get through 162 games as well. Uh, Drew Pomerantz has avoided arbitration. Um, and he seems like he says he's healthy. He's ready to go. Obviously, that's good news after uh, he battled the the arm problems uh, late in 2016. Just talk about the expectations for Pomerantz now that he's reached an agreement and, and they won't have to worry about arbitration. Yeah, he's the one guy you really don't know quite what to expect um, going into the year. You know, he was an all-star last year, obviously, in the first half of San Diego. And then after the trade, he just didn't pitch that great for the Red Sox. Kind of a mediocre, kind of blah. You know, usually five, five, maybe six innings, three, four, five runs. Um, not great command. So was it fatigue? Was it this elbow problem that he had um, that they're just now, uh, you know, they diagnosed and they, they gave him a shot at stem cell treatment, kind of experimental treatment after the season. So you're kind of um, holding your breath a little bit. Is this going to work? Is this elbow going to be better? Or is it something that you're going to have to worry about? So I think that going to be a guy that a lot of eyes are going to be on him going to the spring, especially they gave up a pretty substantial prospect uh, to get him in Anderson Espinosa. And obviously that became controversial with the news that came out of San Diego as far as covering up uh, information. And you hope that the problem with Pomerantz in, in 2016 wasn't the fact that he switched to the American League and went from Petco Park to Fenway Park because those two things aren't changing. Hopefully it's more that, that the arm is a little tired and, and he's going to be better than he was late in 2016 all right let's move on to the catchers and as far as depth behind the plate I don't think there's any team in baseball that can boast what the Red Sox kind of have heading into spring training and I guess that's a a good problem to have you have Sandy Leone Christian Vasquez and Blake Swihart now for for a couple of years now we've kind of been waiting for either Christian Vasquez or Swihart to become the guy behind the plate Swihart got the start last year on opening day but then by the end of 2016 Suddenly, Leon becomes the guy that, that was getting the starts and, and really had that unbelievable run. So if you're handicapping this situation heading into spring training, is it are all those guys kind of have a clean slate here as far as battling it out for two spots on the big league roster? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Pablo Felix, Andy Leon, you know, maybe he's a slight favorite because he was the guy last year. But he also, uh, his offense kind of quieted down. But it is funny the way it's broken down because you look at it, you know, 2015, um, Vasquez came into camp as a starting catcher, and uh, Swihart was sort of the prospect at that time. Uh, and then it wasn't until Vasquez, uh, you know, tore his elbow that spring, and then they got Sandy Leone. And then uh, Blake Swihart's timetable was accelerated. And then you look at last year, they, going into the season, Swihart was the starting catcher. And they, they kind of gave up on that just a couple weeks into the season. And suddenly, Kristen Vasquez was healthy again. Um, and then when Swihart got hurt, then uh, Sandy Leone went from uh, kind of completely off the radar that he resurfaced and he took over the job. And now this year, you still have all three guys in the mix, and you don't know quite how it's going to play out. All three of them are healthy right now. And, uh, you know, Blake Swihart, to me, is the real intriguing guy. Um, he says, uh, you know, he's kind of getting sick of being asked about his ankle. He said, I'm fine. I saw him a few days ago, and you know, before he even gets the sense of that, he's like, yeah, healthy. So he just wants to have a fair shake uh, to go for that job. But you look at it, and Vasquez is out of uh, minor league options, so they can't send him down. Um, and Swihart still has options, so you wonder, do they send him down just to kind of preserve the catching depth? So that's why I say this is a really important spring for Swihart, uh, above all 
all three of these guys, he's the one I think who really has to um, show what he can do if he, he wants to win that job uh, you know, at the start of the season. And what makes it intriguing is that the, that they're all different, Ian. You have Christian Vasquez, who is so good defensively. He's got the rocket arm. Uh, he, he works well with the pitchers, with everything about the framing. You have Swihart, who I guess hasn't really shown it yet, but when you think about ceiling, he has the best uh, bat in the group. Um, and then Leon is maybe the the mixture of the two. Um, that it's almost what direction the Red Sox want to go as well. Because if you just want that defense behind the plate, Vasquez is a clear guy, right? As far as the best defender. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's got the best arm and he handles the pitch as well. But uh, this is obviously the this is the year we have to stop talking about him, and he actually has to do it. Because like I said, he's out of options. So last year they were able to stash him back in Pawtucket for a few months. Uh, they can't do that this year. So it's kind of a put up or show up time for Christian, and it's kind of uh, almost time to really make a decision because I feel like we've been talking about this for a couple of years now. You know, who's the Red Sox catcher of the future? And I really don't feel like we're any closer to answering it than we were two years ago. So I think here we have, we have to find out. And you mentioned how long we've been talking about it. Are you ready, Ian, to write about it um, every other day for the next? <laughs> sure. Yeah, uh, basically, you know, from from mid February through April, I think, um, as far as things that you have to be keeping an eye on down in Fort Myers, that's going to be the one on a day to day basis. Yeah, you know, we'll have. Uh, it's a good, I think it's going to be a good spring training for stories because you'll have that the catching angle. Uh, you'll have the third base thing with with Sandoval, and uh, you know, I think you should have some competition. In the starting rotation with Pomerantz and Rodriguez and, and Stephen Wright, kind of in a, in a three-way battle for sort of the last two spots there. So, yeah, it's always good. Spring training is always go by faster when you have, uh, you know, some newsier things to write about. All right, it'll be a lot of fun, and it's quickly approaching um, as we are almost into February. Spring training will be here before you know it. Great stuff, Ian. This has been MLB.com Extras. Our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.